This is Through the Badlands Podcast, Episode 2, with Chris Plunkett. We are talking about Elon Musk, freelancing, entrepreneurship, and filmmaking. So, Chris, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Well, I am Chris Plunkett. I am a cinematographer and a production company owner. I'm based in the New Jersey, New York area. And uh, and yeah, that's basically it. So, did you see the new uh, Vulcan 9 test launch? I, you know, I wish I knew more about Elon Musk. Um, I knew, I wish I, well... More on that. I wish I knew as much as Pat about Elon Musk, um, Pat from the previous <laughs> podcast. Uh, but yeah, I did see a little bit about that. And now that there's a, a a Tesla Roadster in space, so that's cool. Yeah. Did you watch it live or? I didn't watch it live. Nope. I saw kind of the aftermath. Yep. Yeah. Like that guy is insane of what he's able to do. Yeah. He's got some interesting things going on. Definitely. I have far fewer rockets in space than Elon Musk does right now. So, so power <laughs> to Elon. <laughs> yeah. So how does your uh, work week compare to Elon Musk? Like he's working 85 to hundred hours a week. Do you keep track of your hours or like, how does that stack up with you? Weirdly, no, I, well, I don't necessarily keep track of my hours, you know, on like a spreadsheet or anything like that. But, um, you know, it's kind of a fluid, you know, being a creative person, I feel like our work weeks are kind of weird and they're almost easy to judge as like outsiders. Um, because, you know, there's no, I don't have a set schedule with what I'm doing. You know, I don't wake up at the same time every day. And, you know, especially if I don't have like a freelance job, you know, I might work until three in the morning and then wake up at 10 or something like that and you know so I don't really have myself on a set schedule I kind of wish you know I got myself into waking up earlier in the morning and go to going to bed earlier and getting you know a proper amount of sleep and you know there are t- times where I'm like you know what? I'm gonna go to bed tonight and I'm gonna wake up at seven or eight and just kind of crank through this day and try to repeat it but you know the, with the way you know I, my business partner he he has a full-time job still so so we're kind of relegated to, to evening hours and that pushes us a little bit later um, and, you know, power to him for being able to kind of, you know, double down and do and do two jobs. But but uh, for me, yeah, I, I, I do tend to work on like the later side of things. I set schedule for myself and, you know, I'll work weekends and stuff like that. But I, I don't probably work. Well, definitely don't work nearly as many hours as as Elon, because, you know, as a freelancer, you know, just kind of starting out and just being fresh into this and not to make excuses. But I, I, I make I feel like I spend a lot of time kind of scratching my head and, and wondering where I go next and what I do next. Um, and then just kind of having to, you know, build, every, you know, build every week and every day really from the ground up and just saying to myself in the morning, like, what am, what am I going to do today? <laughs> so, so that's kind of, yeah. So I feel like work, you know, defining what that work is, is kind of a more fluid thing than actually what, you know, what the work, what, what I'm doing. It's, you know, it's kind of hard to define that, but yeah, I nowhere near what Elon's doing. <laughs> Is there a day or sort of time per day that you set aside for just yourself, like taking a break? I try to, um, yeah, no, there's definitely a, a time at the end of the day, you know, probably like that. Yeah. Like you said, like the five to nine period, you know, any days that I'm not meeting with Andrew, my business partner, um, any days I'm not meeting with him, I try to set aside that time from like five to 9 PM, uh, just because that's when people are like commuting and like people have dinner during that time. And, you know, I, you, there's not a lot of communication that I could do anyway in that period of time. So I kind of take, you know, being somebody who works from home now, I, I try to take that time to myself, whether it's if I'm going to go, you know, 
read or, or watch a movie or, or something like that, or, you know, just, you know, I've gotten back into gaming a little bit lately, you know, with some, some friends. And so, yeah, I'll try to take some time in that, that window to, to do that kind of thing. In that window, is it like kind of purely relaxing and entertainment, or are you still focusing on yourself? Like you're reading like self-help books or um, finance books or something like that, or is it purely just... Right. Yeah, no, it's kind of hard to get away from like the whole entrepreneurial thing because, you know, as as filmmakers and, and people who work in this kind of full time, like we have a 24 hour, you know, when I say I'm at, at bed at 3 a.m., but we're still we're still kind of on the clock. So so it's really hard to shut that off because we're surrounded by people and our friends are, are also in the same, you know, field. So so even, you know, when I, you know, I have a gaming group online that we, we, you know, we'll be in the middle of a game or something like that. And, and we'll start talking cameras and camera technology. And we'll, you had recently had a debate about the inverse square law, you know, <laughs> so it kind of devolves into, into filmmaking a lot of times, but you know, the only true time that I personally feel like I get away from, you know, film and business is like, if I'm out with, you know, a friend who, you know, if I'm out at like a bar or something with a friend who's not, you know, part of the industry, that's the only true true time that I, I get away from it um you know reading wise yeah I you know I have a couple books they're not all film related but there are some you know I'll read some some producer related books and a lot of the times it's a book that I'm using you know to read for research or something like that so so yeah you know even in, in even in the relaxing periods it's kind of tied back into that freelancing or business life is there any books that you have read recently that has do you think greatly helped your entrepreneurship or filmmaking i right now i'm just starting um how to win friends and influence people um i'm admittedly not a huge reader so it takes me a long time to read things um but i have a couple producer books that i just started that you know they're hard to get through at this point because they're you know a lot of the books that we're reading especially you know i feel like we're in such a specific field um you know, filmmaking, but on the commercial side and we're a small business and like, that's a really specific thing. And there, there's nobody that's written about producing for, for that kind of small market. Like a lot of the producing books that you'll, you'll read are people that are, you know, trying to teach you how to fund multi-million dollar films. And like, I don't need that right now. I don't need to know how to do that. I'm not, you know, I'm not making a rival or Florida project, you know, this year. Um, and I don't plan to, or, or really want to, but but yeah, no, so it's kind of hard to find books in that niche, in that niche market. So yeah, but there's some stuff out there that's been, that's been helpful. I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to getting deeper into how to win friends and influence people. Cause this year we're kind of branding as our like brand awareness year and just kind of marketing and, and boosting that brand image. So, so a lot of those books will be helpful. And if you have any suggestions, <laughs> feel free to send those over. Always looking. Yeah, I have, uh, I love reading books and how to win friends and influence people is a amazing book. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to start reading that one again because there's always little things you can pick up on with that book. And it's kind of always good to have close by you for different situations and whatever. When did you start Stone Street Cinema? Oh, you know what? This is a question that I get asked by mostly government uh, people. And I always have to go back and check our documents. But I want to say we, <laughs> we started in like May of 2016. I think that's about right. Uh, don't quote me on that, but yeah, right in that region there, we started um, with a you know with a film. Uh, well, we wrote a film together, me and my partner Andrew uh, Andrew K Meyer. Uh, we started Stone Street, and um, yeah, we started by writing this film. After I graduated Full Sail, I came back, kind of was just you know rebuilding here, and um, 
and met up with Andrew. I had this like concept. Yeah, we just kind of wrote it. And by the time we got to the end of the script, you're like, you know what? We we kind of creatively, you know, we creatively mesh. So so why don't we make a company of this? And we were in Manhattan, you know, when we had wrapped this this script and we were at this this bar down in the Battery. And then we walked over to this little street um, in the financial district called Stone Street. And that's where we kind of formed it. And we, we mulled over some some names for quite a while. And um and we were like, you know what, Stone Street seems proper, so so let's call it Stone Street. So yeah, we've I'm check I'm looking at the document now. We were official in March of 2016, so March 14th specifically. <laughs> cool. Uh, what yeah. were you doing before that? Yeah, so I went to film school. I went to Full Sail, um, and yeah, no, that was a great experience. Um, you know, you always hear a lot of different. Um, you know, opinions on on Full Sail and film school, but I think it was a really good thing. You know, for me personally, because kind of just, you know, generated that base group of people and, and um, you know, you built a network and just learned the technical side of things, which I feel like a lot of schools are lacking. Um, you know, I just recently worked with a, you know, a, a, a student group and, um, you know, I almost like I felt bad for these kids because we, you know, we wound up getting a, you know, this huge kit from from Panavision, actually. And, um, you know, I was kind of the only, you know, I was kind of tasked with like teaching a lot of these kids about some of this stuff. And these are like seniors in a, at another college, you know, so I kind of felt bad, not that like their school had failed them in a way, but, you know, for a filmmaking student and somebody who's, you know, wanting to focus in the camera department and, and, um, and, and like the more tech based things, you know, I was kind of bummed, but yeah, no, Full Sail was definitely a really, a really great place in film school. Uh, by the way, me and Chris were classmates for like a year and a half. <laughs> we were. Luke and I worked together a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're out of film school, starting Stone Street and Cinema. Did you set up shop somewhere or where was the first place that you kind of first started brainstorming projects with Andrew? We kind of started, we, we floated around a little bit. So I'm from North Jersey. I'm about 16 miles outside of Manhattan, um, which for some people, you know, in, in, um, in like, you know, I know Nick, our, our friend from Full Sail, he's, he's out in Nashville. And 16 miles in Nashville is a lot different from 16 miles in New York City. So it's about 45 minutes out. For, so, um, so yeah, we floated around for a little while. Um, we kind of, you know, we took advantage of some coffee shops and we took advantage of, um, you know, my friend had an office and I was working kind of like an IT job for a little while. And he had just like an extra desk in his office in, you know, kind of like an industrial area. And I was like, you know what, we'll do some work out of there and I'll clean your office, you know, in exchange. So, so I kept his office organized for a little while and that eventually kind of, you know, we just stopped going there after a little, it was kind of out of the way for Andrew because he eventually moved over to Astoria, which is across two rivers from, from where I'm at. So, um, you know, in 2017, though, we uh, partnered on this bigger film and uh, wound up getting an office closer to Manhattan. It was just a co-working space, um, but that's where we wound up doing a lot of our work in 2017 um, and just did mostly editing out of there. And, you know, it was used mostly for, for one project. We were there for six months and then, um, yeah, we, we moved out of there. But uh, it, it was really great to, you know, have that kind of home for, for a bigger project because we kind of knew, you know, we didn't want to have to consider where we were, you know, for something so big, there was so much, so many creative decisions to be had with that film and, and, you know, a lot of debating and it, you know, the last thing we wanted to think about was, um, you know, 
where we were going to be meeting. So, and also, you know, we work up at desktop. So, so having to, to deal with that and I live farther up from the city. So we had that space, but, um, yeah, after six months, we kind of decided with uh, the co-working area that maybe co-working wasn't the best for us. Cause I'm very much the kind of person that doesn't like to work with headphones. Um, and that becomes a problem during the daytime when you're trying to edit something. Cause I also don't like to edit quiet. So <laughs> I like to feel, you know, I like to feel the edits and in space and, you know, their relation to space. Um, so yeah, no, it, it, uh, it didn't quite work out. And we're right now we're on the, on the search still for kind of an office space and what is the best home for us. And we have a couple you know, business plans that might wind up, you know, becoming passive income for us, you know, based around a space. So, so there's a lot going on here, uh, on the stone street front. What surprised you the most about starting stone street? Oh, interesting. Um, you know, I think it was there. There were it was kind of a series of surprises. You know, and there there wasn't one thing that really hit me, but it was kind of just like, and there weren't necessarily surprises. I would say it's just kind of learning experiences as you go. You know, making a business isn't necessarily a self-explanatory thing. And I see posts about this, like asking for advice all the time, just like how do I, where do I start my LLC, or how you know how do I go about this? Where do I get my you know, my employer identification number, how do I file for that? And, you know, it was just kind of like a lot of learning in terms of like taxes and stuff like that. Like last year, we wound up having to to, to backlog all of our, our, you know, our entire tax year just because um, we like had missed a date and like just like hadn't organized. Like we're, we're really organized guys and we have everything in a spreadsheet, but that's not how you know, the government likes to read some things and how it's easy for an accountant uh, to read some things. So we wound up getting an accountant. And I think that was like the biggest thing, you know, I think we learned that like, if you don't know how to do something and like, it's not something that like, if it's something that you're going to have to pour a lot of time into learning and then, and then doing after you learn it, you know, it's maybe more privy to just pay somebody to do it if you have the capital for it. So, so that was one of the big things and just kind of like the division of labor, and, uh, you know, you could really expedite a lot of your business by having other people handle handle certain things for you. And I think accounting was the biggest thing for us is just getting that accountant, um, you know, not necessarily a surprise, but, um, you know, definitely a learning experience for sure. And there's a lot of those along the way. So you first started making short films, right? With uh, Stone Street? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we started with three, three short films. I seen that you have some trailers out now about like commercials or maybe short films. Um, are you starting to branch out with Stone Street, doing more commercials and stuff like that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we started off with three short films um, when we when we first launched the company, and that was kind of our thing. You know, we, we were narrative guys. We like to write for narrative and, and like the short form stuff. Um, so we did three of those just to kind of like, we didn't want to launch the company with nothing. So we, we launched it with one short film, um, and then came out with two more that same year in 20 and 2016, um, just to kind of fill the, our portfolio and just like kind of have, you know, some, you know, a base to, to pitch ourselves off of. Um, but now kind of like business wise, we realize you know, sh short films are not, the greatest base to maybe sell yourself as a commercial company. Um, not that we, you know, want to be or, or are going to be able to be doing some of these larger budget things, but even like pitching to a small, smaller client, you know, only having an eight to 12 minute short film available to show them, you know, it's not an easy pitch tool uh, necessarily. Um, 
So we're kind of, you know, took that and like learned a little bit more. And, and right now we're, we are really doing a big client push and, um, just trying to network more. And so, so in order to do that and to have a little bit of a pitch tool, we're kind of, um, producing our own ad campaign, um, which is just a series of short kind of irreverent, um, videos that are, that are really social media based. Cause that's kind of our new model is just producing short form content for social media and, and the internet. And, um, not, not that it can't be broadcast, but but really just short form content. It's low overhead stuff, and we're focusing on kind of batch producing things for companies, so that that keeps the overhead relatively low, and then and then you don't have to worry about you know constantly producing content. So at that point, you know we could go in for two days or a day and produce you know twenty short you know ten to fifteen second clips for a company, and they could fill out their marketing calendar, and you know we have them on retainer, and then maybe a month or, or two months later we come back and, and shoot another batch, and then you know they don't have to think about it for another period of time. So that's kind of what we're working on right now. We're just branching out into that and um, and producing more commercial clients. And like I said, we Andrew and I were actually talking about this today. Um, like we're, we're kind of calling this like the year of awareness, like for like brand awareness for, for Stone Street, because we're just going to trying you know, trying to, um, you know, attend more marketing or, uh, or networking events and um, just like meeting more people and producing more work for, you know, for free and stuff like that, um, you know, and just working with a, a wider group of people so we can kind of build a little bit of brand awareness and, and um you know, pitch ourselves a little bit more. So that's what we're doing right now. We are definitely moving into a, a commercial market, but still kind of keeping that narrative thing in the back of our minds. We're always writing. Um, that's a big thing. So we're kind of building our library of um, narrative pieces while we work on this commercial stuff. So students are coming right out of film school and want to start their company, whether it be um, freelancing or film production. What are some tips that you can give them that you have learned yourself that they might be able to start off on a maybe a slightly better path. Right. Yeah, no, I think it's um, one of the biggest things I think really, and it's like, I'm seeing a lot of kids who aren't um, suffering from the same thing, but it's just like, don't be afraid to talk to people or like do new things. Um, because I, I still do it sometimes. Like there are certain jobs that like I get offered that I'm like really like not wanting to take. Cause I'm just like, oh, that's kind of outside of my comfort zone. Like, I don't know if I want to do that. And the biggest thing with me is just like shooting event type things. And like, it, it terrifies me. Cause you know, having a narrative background, it's like, all right, cool. Like something gets screwed up on this. Like we get a take two, but with certain event things and like, you don't get a take two. So the, that's the kind of thing that terrifies me. It's like a wedding stuff like that. Like, Oh my gosh, I couldn't possibly ever do that. It still scares me to this day. But, um, but on that note, it's like, just like, don't be afraid to talk to people. Um, you know, <laughs> kind of the same vein, you know, I don't, I'm the kind of person that doesn't necessarily want to like bother anybody. Like, I feel like if I'm reaching out to somebody who's maybe, you know, 10 years ahead of me in their, in their career, like I'm kind of, you know, a little bit hesitant to reach out to them, but you know, I would say, you know, for people entering the industry, like, don't be afraid to like, just like reach out to people, even if they're like somebody big, you know, um, you know, hit them up, see what, where their head's at. And just like, people aren't always afraid to just like grab a coffee. So, so, you know, as somebody who's just entering the field or coming to a new city, I would definitely say like, find people in that area, reach out to them, try to like grab coffee with people, um, yeah. And just like network, I know it's like, sounds cheesy, but just like really networking, building a group of people, 
um, even if it's not like directly like, all right, I'm going to get a job out of this next week. Like it doesn't matter because maybe eventually down the line um, you will get a job out of it. So just, um, yeah, mainly talking to people. When I first came out of school, um, I was kind of going to like job boards and, you know, surfing Craigslist for, for jobs and going to Mandy and, and stuff like that. And was like, not, it was kind of like relegated myself to that. And, um, it didn't work out so great for me. And, um, <coughs> my first technical job out of school was actually a, a PA gig on a feature up in Connecticut. And it was kind of interesting cause it was actually a friend that of ours from full sale he was PAing on this. It was like a pretty big time um, uh, indie feature. It's called My Art. It was directed by Laurie Simmons, and it had some pretty cool people in it. It was, um, you know, there was Parker Posey, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, no, I got that referral from a friend, and basically, like a week after he asked me if I could do it to take over for him because he was interviewing for something else. They put me on a train up to the middle of nowhere, Connecticut, where there was no cell service. And I met, um, you know, our friend at the train station, basically. And he held, handed me the keys to this van and, you know, printed directions to how to get to the house and the set and was like, good luck. And he hopped on a train back south. So I was just kind of like thrown right into the fire with that. I was like, I've never driven a van before. And like map quest direction. Like, I don't know how to like, I'm going to get lost for sure. So yeah, there just like wasn't cell service up there. So that was kind of my first experience right out of the bat, you know, out of the gates. Um, that was definitely my first gig when I moved back. And I was up there for a couple of weeks. And that was a great learning experience because it really did. It was like I'm just throwing me right into the fire. And that's the same thing. Like the first time I drove in Manhattan was the exact same way. Like I had to hire somebody because I wasn't old enough to even check out the van. And I'd never driven in New York before. And like for anybody that's never driven in New York, um, it's like a really scary thing because there's just people everywhere. There's, you know, bikers and and crosswalks that you like you can't turn right without waiting like for a huge horde of people to cross. So so the first time I ever drove in there was just kind of like, all right, here's the keys. Good. Good luck. Um so, so yeah, no, I would just say, don't be afraid to do things. Just kind of like jump in, you know, and once you get through it, it will be a lot easier. It's just like the kind of like that thought and that nervousness beforehand that like you kind of tell yourself like, no, I can't do this. I've never done it before. But the truth is like, if you don't do it, you're never going to do it. So you're, you know, you, no matter what you're going to be living with that, like feeling of nervousness or, you know, you're going to be timid to to try and do something but yeah just jump in do it uh do you still feel nervous now for doing newer things in your business definitely yeah you know even on like a freelance standpoint like recently like i was saying like an event job like i have had a job that was passed on to me from another um, agency i work for um and they were just like hey can you cover this event thing and i was like yeah like i yes and i was terrified to do it it's just like one of those things it's a mental block for me because you know, it's like, what if I run out of card space? And we kind of did. So I was just like cycling media constantly. And that, that freaked me, like the thought of that freaked me out more than like being there and doing it. But still, I was like, there, there's like a nervousness to that for me. Um, business wise, um, no, there's nothing really business wise that scares me too much. Luckily, we're in kind of a spot right now. We are, you know, where we're comfortable. Um, I shouldn't say it doesn't scare me too much. That sounds like we're just kind of complacent, but we're not. No, we're, we're kind of moving in to the year with um, a lot of different plans. But I think we're, you know, I'm hoping we're on the right track. And I, and I think we are just kind of meeting people. But luckily, there's nothing in business that's kind of the same way. 
um, as with like my freelance life. Right. Uh, do you feel that way, like a little bit more comfortable because you guys have a clear vision on what you want to do? Like you, you said you want to do branding and stuff like that. So you have like a, a vision ahead where you want to be at at the end of the year. And do you think that has helped you kind of calm down a little bit and not be so unsure about the future? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the thing that makes me the most comfortable about the business is like there's a team there, you know, there's kind of like this, like, you know, this this group of people like we actually just brought on another. Um, he's not a non-legal partner with us, but he's, you know, he's acting as our creative director. Um, this guy, Evan Daves, he's an actor from New York and he's kind of moving into doing more production work and he's a fantastic actor. He's actually in our most recent film, The Gumbug. And um and, you know, he's trying to do more production stuff. So we just brought him on. So now there's three of us. And, um, you know, I think that's a big thing that, like, makes me more comfortable is, like, you know, I don't have to go out, you know, and be public facing without running, you know, an idea by somebody first. So there's kind of always, like, this, like, you know, everything's debated and everything's, like, really heavily thought about before being made public. So I think there's, like, a really nice thing about, like, being a team and, and having people to run things by. Cause yeah, there's always a second opinion there. Um, and I think as, as far as a, like a business plan or like goal goes, you know, I think our biggest goal for the year is to just get like four to five clients on retainer and just like, kind of like have something that keeps the lights on, you know, that's the, that's the goal for this year is like, just keep the lights on, you know, <laughs> we're not in a space right now, but still just keep the lights on. And we're, we're hoping to move into a space here by like, April or, 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 uh, or June or something like that. Um, and just kind of have a home that we could all, all work out of. And, um, but that's kind of the goal for the year. We're constantly like re, you know, configuring and, and juking and, and, you know, it's like we get a good client and we kind of move towards that for, you know, the time being, and, you know, we've gotten a really great, um, big time, like corporate real estate client that we're like, all right, well, you know what, maybe we, we have this in our portfolio, like let's maybe, you know, move to some other real estate type jobs, not necessarily like walkthrough videos or anything like that, but like, okay, like what can we offer, you know, maybe like a new development project or or something like that. So, so we're kind of constantly like morphing to whatever, you know, scenario we're in, like winter's a really tough time. And, um, you know, we've just been cold emailing a lot lately and, um, really not getting anything out of it. So, so we're kind of constantly just changing and and um, and adapting, and I think that's the biggest thing with business is just constantly changing and adapting. It's never going to be, especially as a small business, you're never you're never not changing. Right. How do you think uh, social media has helped Stone Street Cinema, and also just you as a freelancer or whatever? Yeah, social media has been cool. I personally, I booked a job off of uh, off of social media. I, I booked a dance film as a, a you know a DP gig for for a dance film, which was pretty cool. But as a company, no, it's been super helpful for us to grow, um, and we're always you know trying to to build our audience like that. And um, no, it's just been good, especially in in 2017. I gotta you know I gotta give a shout out to Little Blondie Films. Like they had a really great you know base of people, and like they knew a lot of people over in in Brooklyn and stuff like that. A lot of people in New York and and Laura and their producer worked at a um, at an agency and got some good connects through there. But, you know, social media has been good just cause like, that's kind of our main distribution platform right now. And, um, you know, it's kind of hard to promote, you know, anywhere else really, you know, for, especially with short films, um, we're kind of, we're in that social media realm and, um, 
No, it's definitely definitely been good. I mean, that's what gets us our viewership and, and just kind of circulating around and, and gaining awareness. Um, and I think that's part of like this whole like gaining awareness this year is just like meeting new people. And, you know, those people know people. And, you know, we, we see some crazy like connections in there sometimes where it's like, oh, my gosh, you know that person? Like, how do you know that person? And, you know, even conversations like that just like kind of help to build that network um, and just, you know, build relationships with people. But no, social, social media has been great for us and just gaining brand awareness. And we're, we're hoping to gain some more this year. So, so yeah. So are most of your freelance jobs and Stone Street Cinema jobs coming through social media or are they coming through person-to-person networking in like New York? I would say 100% of our Stone Street jobs have just come from uh, from interacting with people and like mutual connections and stuff like that. Um, you know, even the most popular, you know, I've heard from like some really popular um Instagram folks and, you know, you know, social media influencers that like, even still like a lot of their stuff will come from, you know, word of mouth or, you know, an in-person connection. Cause I think with, with that, you have an opportunity to kind of, you know, pitch yourself and, and, you know, make a, paint a more accurate image of yourself. I know like social media can kind of, people prejudge social media a lot. I know. Um, cause it is easy to like, you know, if they don't like it, you know, within, you know, a matter of, you know, less than a second, like they could scroll right by it, but it's a lot harder to do that in person. So we've always like, you know, the, the thing we always say is like, we're never selling a product, you know, even over like email or something like that. We're never selling a production over email. We're selling them a meeting where we're going to then sell them, you know, a production or something like that. Um, cause you know, <clears throat> again, people just can't paint that accurate picture of you. So like getting people in the room is what you're, what you're selling up front. And then you sell like your product once you're in, in the same room with them. So, but, but in person and word of mouth stuff has been, you know, the main, main route, um, so far. And just like, you know, mutual connections have been huge for us. Um, you know, little Blondie's been great. They've passed us some stuff and, you know, a couple other agencies in the city have passed us some work. Um, cause we are a small company and, you know, some of these bigger companies have way too much overhead to take some of the, the, uh, lower paying jobs and not where that we're not, not that we're trying to pick off a lot of low paying jobs, but it's a, uh, it's a way to like meet people and, and, and start to gain a little income from it. So, so that's been like the main, main route of us, you know, kind of finding, finding gigs. Our, um, biggest client actually came from, somebody who's like, uh, somebody that Andrew knew from, from college, they, uh, he introduced me to them, uh, because they needed an editor and I had edited their film and they had a connection with, you know, somebody that they knew and they wanted to write this project for them, but they couldn't produce it. So they reached out to us to produce it because they'd seen our work. You know, we'd done a little bit of promotional work, uh, prior to that. And they were like, you know, let's work with these guys and we'll have them produce it. We'll write it. And then we'll, we'll kind of let them take the reins. And that's what happened. It was just kind of like this, like this, um, this like trickle down kind of effect. Like it, it was a, not a distant connection, but you know, there were a couple of different, you know, happenings or connections in there that, that led us to ultimately booking a client. And I think it's, that's, you know, that's the biggest, that's the biggest, best way to do it is just like, get out there, talk to people. And, um, yeah, social media has been helpful to get views on, on, you know, work itself, but, um, actually booking work, you know, we haven't, that's not really been a thing yet for us. Um, so after film school, you do a few jobs or freelancer or whatever, then you start stone street cinema. 
when you started your company, did you feel any level of resistance about starting? Uh, from what, um, what uh, front are you whether saying? Whether it from... be yourself or people saying like most companies will probably fail. Um, mm-hmm. like, why are you doing this? Why don't, why not just get a stable job at, you know, some other film production company? Right. Yeah, no, um, I personally didn't, you know, it just seemed like the right thing to do for me, you know, cause I was like, I wanted to produce work, you know, I wasn't, you know, being a fresh out of film school, you don't, you're not necessarily like jumping into it, doing a bunch of like production and you're not probably going to be shooting, uh, you know, any short films anytime soon. Um, so we just kind of like took a risk. Like we started the company basically by saying like, all right, we're each going to throw down some money and we're going to buy a camera and we're going to like produce stuff. Cause that's what we like to do. And that's what we did, you know, so it was kind of, you know, it was definitely a risk. Um, but we didn't have, again, at the end of the day, like a 10, you know, a total of like a $10,000 investment into a company is like really not a lot of money. So we each threw down, you know, it was technically nine to buy a camera, but I'm sure there was <coughs> the buy-in for each, of, for each of us was probably around five grand just to start this thing. Um, so yeah, no, I, I don't, I personally, it just felt like the right thing to do. And, you know, if we wanted to, to do what we wanted and what we loved, like we kind of had to do it. Um, so we jumped into it and, um, and yeah, no, and we're still kind of like, I don't ever doubt in the morning that like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is, this is it. And, you know, if I wasn't happy, I probably wouldn't be doing it anymore. I would go do something else. Um, no, but at no point have I really like, doubted us like because that's the kind of the nice that's the nice thing about what we've been and done so far like I have my freelancing that I still do and I don't necessarily feel like that's falling back because that that kind of plays into the same field and I've been freelancing full-time for at least a a year and a half now um or yeah probably closer to two years honestly um and I've been freelancing full-time and I don't really consider you know my cinematography work to be a full fallback because I deal I, I do I do still shoot for Stone Street but, you know, I've never really doubted that Stone Street, what I want to do. And we're kind of constantly, instead of necessarily like dropping it and moving on to something else, we kind of just change our path as a company. Um, and that's not something I'm afraid to do. You know, we're kind of in this place right now. We're like, you know what, we're going to take a break from doing our own, you know, narrative work. Um, maybe we'll produce some other people's work. So, you know, we're not as closely attached to it. Like if we need to put in some resources and time to somebody else's project, like we're willing to do that. But I think, you know we weren't afraid to say like, you know what, let's drop some of these narrative interests and like, let's move into doing this commercial stuff. Cause that's what we need to do to be a company. And like, that's what we need to do to survive. So, um, so yeah, no, I, I've never, never doubted, uh, doubted us. And we're, we're just kind of pushing forward and we're trying to build our team a little bit up, you know, and, and kind of not rebrand, but you know, we're building our team, we're building our, our brand image and, and moving forward with that but always again just always adapting to our situation and you know if we need to make commercials right now and we have that those those connects like let's do that and uh but yeah luckily haven't felt a lot of like personal resistance like everybody on the outside's been really supportive of it and um yeah no there's definitely a lot of competition it's a it's a um it's a, a field where there's a lot of competition but i think breaking through that barrier um it's still, you know, we're not fully through the barrier yet, but we're, we're pushing and, uh, we just have to make that, that name for ourselves and, and, uh, get some people on the, on the roster. Who are some people that inspire you the most? 
Oh, this is a tough one because I don't really like not that I don't have any like heroes or big inspirations, but, you know, I try to find a lot of my inspiration. It sounds weird, kind of like in myself. I don't necessarily look at anybody and I'm like, wow, I really need to be like that guy. You know, um, I could maybe like on a personal level, it's like we all love to compliment and, and talk about Roger Deakins, but he's like the kind of guy who's like, he just like, he's super good at what he does. And then he just, he does it. And then he kind of like goes and does his own thing. Like, you know, he just shot Blade Runner 2049, but what's he up to right now? I have no idea. Um, and that's awesome. You know, he's probably out there like living his life, like fishing up and out in dairy where he came from, you know, it's, it's like, that's an awesome thing. So people like that really is like what I look up to. Like I see a lot of these people nowadays who are like overdoing it with like their social media and trying to paint this like grandiose image of themselves. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, just like, is that, I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily like what I want to be. And that doesn't, you know, ring as like success to me. It's like, just kind of like, you know, keeping, I don't know, just like, staying humble and, you know, uh, you know, I really do appreciate filmmakers and like independent filmmakers who just kind of like do their thing and then, and then kind of like not to, for lack of a better word, just like go away. It's like, that's a cool thing to me. And, you know, Sean Baker this year with, with Florida project, like I really loved that film and I definitely look up to somebody like him. Cause like he, he does kind of like gorilla lower budget films and, and tells these human stories. And, um, and that, that's just like his thing. And then he, he doesn't, you know, make a big fuss about it. And I, I think that's a pretty cool thing. And dudes like him, you're like, that's, that's awesome. And a lot of people this year, actually, this year has been a crazy cool year for like new directors and, you know, cinematographers and stuff like that, where, you know, we're kind of seeing a shift in the industry. And, you know, a lot of these people this year, like there's no, there's very few filmmakers this year that at least at the Oscars that I, I don't look up to. So I think it's kind of a group effort in terms of my inspiration and like people I, I look up to. It's kind of, you know, not that I have to win an Oscar to be happy, but you know, a lot of those people are, you know, really respectable up there this year. So what motivates you the most? Because you seem very self-driven, like maybe you don't need so much encouraging words or motivational speeches to, you know, get to work. So what drives you the most? That's interesting. Yeah, I think um, it's really, yeah, I'm very self-motivated for sure. Um, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, probably music, honestly. I listen to a ton of music. Um, but like in the bigger picture, um, I, you know, it's really like those human experiences and like connecting with people. Um, my biggest issue with like the new way that people consume media is like you just kind of stay at home. You watch like Netflix or you're on Amazon Prime at home and then you like watch something in your bedroom or in, you know, like your living room and that's it. And like you don't connect with anybody. But one thing that really inspires me and like wants me to, you know, push forward in business and like in filmmaking is like gaining kind of like that that theater experience like um chris nolan talks about it all the time and like his films are kind of meant to be viewed in a theater um you know especially dunkirk like i i, I tried to watch dunkirk at home and it was just like weird i just i didn't it didn't make sense to me so so that's something that really kind of motivates me is to just like all right you know what? i'm gonna put something out and we're gonna find a way to like put this in front of people in person and we're gonna like talk about it you know we, we've been talking this about uh, a lot lately where it's like I like to do panels a lot like like speaking engagement kind of things or like panels like that not for like selfish reasons because I like to like be put up on this pedestal but it kind of like it breaks the ice for for me personally in like a group format where it's like all right you know what I'm about to talk to these people 
we're going to break the ice and you know what, then we could all chat afterwards. Cause it's not like, you know, it makes it a lot easier to approach people and for people to approach you. So like getting to that point is definitely, you know, and you know, motivates me a little bit. And just like, I always want an excuse to like, not an excuse, but I always want a reason to push forward to like get work out there in person and like meet with people in the context of like our work or, you know, a, a group of people's work, if it's like a festival or something like that. So that's definitely a motivator is just kind of like creating film based experiences. Like, and it's not necessarily just like the th movie going or theater experience like that, but just like, you know, finishing work so you could showcase it and like, just talk to people and, you know, have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Were there some films that you watched as a kid that you said, wow, and wanted you to like become a filmmaker and go to film school and all that, start the process. I kind of had a weird um, like route into film, um, but as a kid, um, you know, I, I flip flopped as a kid like what I wanted to do. I started out when I was in kindergarten. I wanted to be like an ice cream man, you know. So I was like, I didn't know any, <laughs> I didn't know anything. Uh, but uh, not that there's anything wrong with being an ice cream man. <laughs> that's a that's a cool job. But um, but um. But, uh, no, I, you know, there were a lot of movies that I like watched and rewatched a million times as a kid, you know, of course, all the Disney films, um, you know, I think the one that I watched the most and my parents like make fun of me, not make fun of me, but bring up the most is Babe, the, uh, the, uh, the movie with the talking pig. Um, but yeah, that's a great film. It's beautiful. Um, you know, it's, it's a touching story and, you know, it's kind of human, even though it is like a little pig talking to you. But, um, I don't, I can't, I don't know if there's necessarily one film that I could pin down. That's like, that's the one that kind of pushed me into it. But, you know, I definitely, as a kid was a consumer of media in terms of like movies. Um, we had a lot of VHSs, uh, no longer have a lot of VHSs, but, but we did back then. And I watched a ton of movies and I would rewatch them and, and kind of study them. And, um, and yeah, but I had kind of an unconventional route into filmmaking or no, well, not necessarily unconventional, but I started in theater, um, in lighting and did that a lot in like, uh, middle school and high school and stuff like that. And even in elementary school, I was like running like a spotlight or like a soundboard or something like that for the school plays. Um, and then in high school did like some helped out on some off Broadway stuff and like did like electrical work. And then when I was on my full sale interview, we, I was actually originally a show production major and like wanted to go into doing kind of like concert lighting design. And in the interview, I was like, you know what, let's actually, I'm going to do film. So, <laughs> so he was like, that's a, that's a change, but, but no, it kind of felt right. You know, there's not to say that there's more jobs in film, but a lot, it's a lot easier to go make a film than it is, than it is to go make a, a stage production. So that's something that like, you know, became very apparent to me very quickly. And I was like, actually, you know what, this is what I'm going to do instead. Um, so just did it. And, and yeah, now here we are. Yeah. <laughs> so people are going to listen to this podcast. And what is one thing that you can say to the listeners about, you know, what they can do today or tomorrow to really move and affect their life? Um, I think the biggest thing is just like, go talk to somebody, go meet somebody, you know? Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, you know, and that's become something new for me too. It's like, just go talk to somebody and, and meet somebody and, you know, don't just like talk to them or at them, like build a connection with that person. And, you know, if you never see them again, that, that might be one thing, but 
either way, you like you build a connection with somebody, and you never know how how a conversation could could end. You know, it could end with a, an exchange of business cards or something like that, and it could book you a client. You know, it could make a great friend, but at the end of the day, it's like if you don't talk to somebody, kind of like you're just kind of floating through life and just yeah, talk to people. I think that's the biggest thing. All right, man, let's wrap this up. It's been like probably 45 minutes. So yeah. Chris Plunkett, Stone Street Cinema, freelancer, entrepreneur, filmmaker. Uh, is there anything you want to plug? <laughs> sure, no. If anybody wants short form content created for social media purposes, um, we do that. So <laughs> that's our biggest thing right now. It's like just rolling out some social media stuff. So if anybody ever needs you know, social media content, short form content, you know, commercials, like that's kind of our thing. And we love to chat. We like to, you know, do things with the story. We don't like to just like show you know what, we don't want to shove your product in people's faces. We want to do it creatively, you know, branded content's our thing. So, so if anybody needs that, that's our big project right now. But uh, yeah, I don't have a specific product to plug, but that's, that's awesome. That's Thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, dude. I appreciate it.